right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. You got to check this out, man. Kevin, how easy? On a 1 to 10 scale, how easy is this? Well, which scale is the best side? Because that's where I'm going all the way. Well, 10 would be difficult. 1 would... 1. <laughs> 0. Come on, man. It's like falling off a log. If you can't do year, mega, model, you don't even need to be listening to this show right now. Just go find a cartoon to watch yeah. somewhere. You know, like year, make, model, you can shop for... All the parts that you could ever dream of and get it shipped right to your door. Bam. That easy. Uh, all right, man. Today, we're a little bit fired up, man. Tell me how you met Mark uh, with Motor City K5. Man. So uh, let's go back in time here. Right, Did a bunch of overhauling. Uh, so, yeah. right, 18 build, and uh, we were doing a Bronco. And, uh, man, I, I knew we had, uh, let's see, Jeff's Bronco Graveyard, you know, just outside Detroit where I live. Man, I'm like boom i'm gonna go over there we gotta find we gotta find the right crew that knows broncos in and out make sure we have all the right parts right the guy i talked to was mark sobko and man this guy knew everything about everything about everything he knows how to build he knows the parts the pieces the part numbers man we got him on the team we got them on the team and uh thank god because when we got out there to california this thing you would think a california car would be pristine it was so rotted out he had sent just about every possible thing you could possibly need for a Bronco, all the way down to building basically all the sheet metal from scratch and building the body back up. And uh, man, we've been like just great buds ever since. Amazing guy that knows trucks, Jeeps, off-roading. And I tell you what, man, one of the coolest things about this cat he is building a legit monster truck. Now we all know, like, there's teams they go racing monster oh, yeah. trucks. This is a this is a hardworking guy like you and me that's always had this dream of building a monster truck. So this is so cool. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have fun today, you know, with Mark on the show. And uh, he started his own business several years back with all this, you know, 20 plus years of knowledge. Um, Motor City K5. And if you know, man, K5 Blazers, those are legit, man. So this is going back to the original Bronco, the International Scout, uh, and you know GM took a little while to get to the game, but 
Man, once the K5 came out, they started smoking the doors off the competition. Hey, and you know, I bet at the time you had no idea what that Bronco was going to be worth, but I was just at an auction recently, <sighs> and there wasn't one of them. And this guy was slinging four. There wasn't one of them that was under 85 Gs. It went all the way up to 125. I couldn't believe what Broncos were bringing, let alone their counterparts. K5s going through the roof, right? And in my world, I had the old... You know, the old power wagon, the old Ram Chargers. Yeah. Had some of those yep. in my time, man. You know, all those old sort of offerings from the big three, it's crazy to see where they're at now. Yeah, man. You know, we all shake our head wishing that, uh, you know, we just bought a fleet of things that were like a couple grand, <sighs> you know, back in the day, which seemed like big money, but uh, compared to what they're going for now, God, who would have thought? Oh, if I had I a, sh I need a shoe on like a, a stick that I could just keep, you know, Hitting myself on the head, or I'm you know? kicking my own ass. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Uh, hey, but it's true. It, it, it's amazing what those things are bringing nowadays. With you know, Ford, their re-release of the Broncos, huge, um, and you know, with uh, everything that's out there, seeing what these you know what these resto mods are bringing to the house is just unreal, and and what people are willing to pay for them for that nostalgic sort of feel and the lines that you know obviously give them a memory. Um, and, you know, with the new power plants, drivetrains, and all the new technology you can incorporate in it, you know, now more than ever is the time to grab a hold of one of these if you can find one at a decent price and fix it up, man, restore it, because you're going to get back your money. Well, these are the vehicles that our parents drove, which means these are a lot of the vehicles that we rode in as yeah. kids. I mean, those are our first memories burned into our brain, you know? Yeah. Packed in the back of the Blazer, packed in the back of, you know, whatever it was, a Bronco this, that, and the other, and, man, those were good times, like where you went. I mean, I still have tons of great memories from, uh, you know, one of my uncles had an international scout, right? He's got the rack of fishing poles in the front, you know, all the gear in the back. Um, man, I will never forget it, and I will always be attached to those vehicles. And, you know, that's probably what's just driving all these prices up, you know? Well, look, man, when you want one, let me know, because I know where there are a few that on are uh, their oh. own up for sale for, for a good price. So I got you, bro. Right. Let's take a break, right. man. When we come back, our boy Mark... Check out Motor City K5, everything about it. Coming up next on the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by carparts.com. Now, this is something you guys have to check out. Not just, you know, not just saying this to say it, but it, it's so easy. Parts right to your front door, back door, shop door. Man, uh, and, and parts, talk about, uh, you want performance, you want collision, repair, maintenance, man, they got you covered. Uh, if you want to accessorize, man, you want a, a winch for your Jeep, you want big old bumpers, anything you could just about think about for a car, truck, Jeep, you name it, they've got it, and the prices are amazing. Yeah, man, carparts.com. Hey, welcome to the show, Mark. This is a buddy of yours, Motor City K5. Dude, how exciting was it for you to start that business? Just kind of knowing on the front of the curve 
where K5s were going and all the enthusiasts out there, uh, and knowing where you, as a as a guy that knows the game, right, could take it. That had to be, I man, had to be a bold step. It was exciting. The writing was on the wall. It was just a matter of somebody picking it up and running with it. Um, you know, look at the trends, look at what the Broncos were doing. It was just inevitable that the Blazers were going to do the same thing. It, it was just a matter of time. Well, I can't think of I can't think of a more legit, solid guy to take that banner and run with it, man. The, the experience, the history that you have. I mean, I've I've rubbed elbows with you on builds, tearing stuff down, building it back up, man. And I saw how you just owned that Bronco market, man. You knew every part piece, where it went, what goes wrong, what to upgrade. So for you to carry over into K5s, that's like falling off a log. Well, that's what I want to ask him. Was it like falling off a log or was K5 a completely different sort of thing? Was there a big learning curve? And do you speak of curves, do you see, did you see that that initial launch, you know? or Because Broncos was just a massive spike. All of a sudden, they're worth a fortune, right? Did you see that same thing with K5s? I just thought it was going to happen. Like, I did Broncos for almost 20 years. Um, I knew Broncos like the back of my hand. Um, so I just thought, you know, it's a, it's a full-size truck. Granted, the early Broncos are small, but uh, it's a full convertible, four-wheel drive, old SUV. You know, people are going to want them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the transition, I had the mechanical knowledge. I went to school for that. I've, you know, I was around it for decades. Uh, so as far as the vehicle, it, it, was, it was a little different. So when I started doing blazers, I decided what's the best way for me to be able to help my customer, give them the information they need. Go buy one. I got to buy every vintage of blazer and I got to rebuild them and completely restore all of them. And so that's what I did um, just to take my knowledge, to be able to shift it to the blazer world. No, like if somebody calls me and asks me about a particular bolt, I need to be able to answer that question. You know, I'm starting this new company. I was an expert in the old world. I need to be an expert in the blazer world. So that's what I decided uh, was the best approach. Um, I had time to for the business to grow. And so what better to do than to, than to learn the blazer? So that's what I did. Well, I tell you, man, you've done, I don't know how many uh, blazer builds, uh, but what I've seen is spectacular. And you you won the category for a blazer you built uh, last year at Autorama, right? Yeah, four wheel drive SUV at Detroit Autorama, first place. So it's uh, an achievement, you know. That's the big stage. I would go there when I was a kid and think, man, I'd love to have something there someday. And, and to actually have something there, I've had three trucks there now, and and to win it, it that's pretty cool. It's uh, it's special. Well, to, to win it with you know the business that you are building, that just kind of legitimizes, you know. Definitely. Uh, you, you've climbed the mountain, right? Yeah. You, you've climbed mountains before and you've just climbed another one and put your flag on it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, well, what was the, you know, what are the biggest hurdles you had going from the Ford right over to the Chevrolet? What is, what was uniquely different about those vehicles other than, you know, size? Uh, but was there things you liked about the Blazer more than the Bronco or things that, you know, you had issues with or you wanted to improve on? Uh, what was the, the big significant differences uh, between those two? I'll tell you something that surprised me. The, the Broncos were all coil sprung front ends. And so when I got into the Blazer world, those were all leaf springs front ends. And so I assumed like these are not going to ride very well stock. Um, 
But what I found when I got into it is the drivability of the old Blazer is really good. And I think a lot of it has to do with the extended wheelbase. It was more of a full-size truck. It was based off the pickup. It wasn't a small Jeep-sized vehicle. And so I was actually pleasantly surprised that these trucks stock, they're pretty, they ride really well. Well, some of the, what are some of the things that uh, typically go wrong on those, right? Because you rattled off the first minute I met you, all the things that typically go bad on a Bronco, right? We started making parts lists. So, you know, for somebody getting into K5, somebody that's pretty excited shopping for one, what should they look for uh, in terms of, you know, trying to avoid, uh, you know, some of these pitfalls, try to find a clean one and, you know, maybe they've already got one. What can they expect? Where should they look uh, for the things going wrong? Everywhere for rust. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's Michigan right there. Yeah. The tolerances in the sixties were not good. And so they all leaked, you know, they have a hard fiberglass hard top and, you know, there's like four seals that come together in the corner by the windshield pillar and, and they leak. Um, that's why they're all uh, rusty. Um, so, I mean, to find a clean one is great. You know, you're ahead of the game, but now the, the part availability is there where, where you can fix just about anything. So I always look at trucks like, you know, is it affordable? Is the frame scaled? Can I sandblast this frame? Is it going to look clean? And if so, like if the body's a little rusty, well, the parts are there to, to repair that. So if you could start with a clean base, you know, that's, that's the big thing. I, I got to ask, since, you know, since we brought up Ford and Chevy, what was uh, the premonition about the Mopar stuff? Some of the old, you know, Ram chargers and power wagons. Did you ever feel like, you know, maybe I should check out that as well or just production numbers on those so low that it wasn't worth it. Nah, nah, it's not worth it. Nah. Forget, yeah. You know. yeah, and the Blazer production is huge. <laughs> so that was a big thing. And there's a lot of them out there. You know, there's still a lot of people out west and down south where that don't have the rust issues that are driving these things every day still. Um, so I, I just thought based off of volume and, and full convertible, you know, from 69 to 75, you know, that's the most sought after. Um, so yeah, basically numbers. I liked them too. I have to like it. I have to be passionate about it. I like this. I love it. Um, so, and I really like the blazer. So yeah, I, just, I don't know why, um, but that's where I was drawn. Well, what do you think? I mean, Willie's asking, uh, you know, in the Mopar world, do you think there's, do you think there's a scene there ready to break out? You know, is there is there a business case with with the numbers that they might not have, right? Because you got invested all the tooling and everything else, but you might only have you know a handful of customers, kind of thing. You think there's space there? Is that the next breakout? I think there is, but to my knowledge, the Ram Charger. You know, I see like the Broncos that do really well. They're full convertible. The Blazers that seem to be the hottest. They're full convertible. And the Ram Charger, if I'm not mistaken, they were only full convertible for maybe one or two years. Uh, the, the couple of I had uh, have both been full convertible. And uh, yeah, man, but it, man, it took an army to lift that damn top off. Uh, uh, you just create, you know, the old pulley system in, in your garage and, and let her hang up there. But it, yeah, I felt like that was a, uh, that was a cool offering. And I feel like those have come around too. You see big money on those as well. You know, anything old school that those old lines uh, can be, you know, just reborn again with some cool drivetrain, modern technology, uh, and the fun factor. I feel like those, all of those offerings are really skyrocketing in prices and collectability because for Mopar, the production numbers were a lot lower than Chevy and Ford, obviously. But man, collectability wise, it's always been their niche. Yeah, the tough thing is when you get something that old, 
like Mark said, you got to find a super clean one, you know, maybe down south or out west. Uh, but if you pick up one of these rusty ones or, you know, you have one, it's kind of rotted out. Uh, man, if you can't get the parts, wow, what an uphill challenge that is to, to get them restored and get them in the shape that you want. So, you know, always a consideration with any old vehicle, man. You might have something that you really like or you, something you've inherited or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's always a good move uh, to, to at least see what's out there for parts and in case you're going to need them, right? Yeah, amen. Hey, Mark, what, what do you do most often times when people find these? Let's say, you know, set aside for a minute uh, all the rust issues because I'm sure that's a big player and component. Uh, but what do most people love to do with these formats? Um, what are you selling the most of? Well, the big seller parts are 69 to 72 Blazers. So the first generation, those are the hottest right now. And a lot of people are doing the LS swaps, uh, modern drivetrains, you know, the 4L60Es and um, uh, the vintage air setups. I came out with a long travel suspension recently that uses like a Deaver spring. So it's like you put all this money in this old truck and you put an old, you know, four inch lift kit on it. It doesn't ride very good. And so it's disheartening when you spend so much money on a truck and the drivability is just not there. So I released a kit that uses all, you know, very high end uh, springs and box shocks and crossover steering. So the thing will ride like a Cadillac, you know, 10 inches of wheel travel, very streetable. You could drive it down the highway, 80, 90 mile an hour, you know, which the trucks are capable of. So that seems to be the, the new, you know, what everybody's trying to accomplish. Sure. So a lot of resto mods, because, you know, it seemed like it took forever to, for people to kind of get the whole, you know, bring them back to life, make them look awesome, but make them fun to drive. Because so many guys were just restoring, restoring, numbers matching, and man, the fun factor just not quite there. And, you know, maybe uh, maybe you take a hit on, on the pricing, but nowadays the pricing for the resto mods is screaming. So there's really not much of an excuse to go any other way than build the way you want, build it awesome. And people are going to want it, you know? Definitely. And I tell people every day, like do it right. Like there's not many vehicles out there that you can start from scratch and fully restore and make money on if it's done properly. And the Blazers won right now. So do it right. Spend a little bit extra time, you know, buy the right parts, um, make it a usable truck. That's a good idea, man. How about how about this? How about we take a break? When we come back, you walk us through what some of those steps actually are. So for people out there, you know, that may be able to get their hands on one. It's funny. I I, I do a, you know, a rock radio show Monday through Friday. On Saturdays, I do a, a Willie B's Garage show on the radio out here in Colorado. And I just sold one of those K5 Blazers. This one was a, I want to say, a, you know, it was like 78 or 9 or something like that. Um, but I just sold one for like... Four or five hundred bucks. This guy just randomly called up. and was like, "Man, I'll take the first four or five hundred bucks." And he said his phone rang for three hours. <laughs> um, it, it couldn't believe how fast that thing sold. Uh, but yeah, man, those things are big time <laughs> sought after. Uh, think about those steps when we come back. We'll pick your brain a little bit. And what are the first, you know, three to five steps people love to do to these rides to get them up to par? All right. Chew on that for a minute. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. Hopefully by now you get to check out that mobile experience. 
but literally the easiest way. And it really doesn't matter what part of your car you're working on. Could be you had an accident, you got collision stuff you got to handle. Could be just general maintenance. Could be something performance-based, and you're looking yeah. at everything from oil filters and performance parts. That's right. Well, they got them all. Yeah, man, you name it. Great pricing, and I love, there's no pressure. You got 90-day returns. Think about that for a second. You know, how long is the project going to take you? You got plenty of time, and anything left over you didn't use, send it back. Amen to that. Carparts.com. We have our boy Mark. Now, you got to check out this website, Motor City K5. If you're, you know, you're one of those people that look at a K5 and you go, one day you will be mine. You know, you, you call it precious. <laughs> you have dreams about it. Man, this is your guy. Uh, and we were talking before the break. You know, a lot of these things are out there. Production numbers were through the roof on these things. Now, a lot of them back in the day because of missions and all that stuff got mobbed up. Not really powerful uh, as far as the engine option. Uh, but nowadays with modern LSs, the availability of putting a, you know, uh, a four-wheel drive drivetrain in there, man, sky's the limit. So what are people doing with a lot of these K5s? Like you said, the early models are great, but even some of the later models, what are they doing to really bring them around the bend? Well, I was going to ask because right even with the, the early ones being popular, it's just a matter of time before they're so expensive. Then the next years get more popular and so on sure. and so on. So, I mean, for anybody out there that thinks they're outpriced already, maybe it's not your favorite one, but I mean, all the way up to what, 91, the K5s, right? Yeah, that's right. All the way to 91. And you've got coverage for all those years, right? Yeah, 69 to 91. So, yeah, you're right. The 69 to 72s are starting to come up pretty high in price, even for starter trucks. And 73 to 75, so 73 introduced the square body blazer, but up to 75, that was still a full convertible truck. So those I see are starting to uh, really come up in price as well, but they're still attainable. They're still out there. Um, and, and as well, the, the 76 to 91s are starting to come up, but uh, you know, at a little lower price point. Um, yeah, if you think about it too, I mean, so the, what, 76 and up, uh, it's got the partial removable, but it's still, I mean, it's still a convertible. Like, yeah. you know, clearly everybody's like, well, I want the 100%, but that's still a badass cool truck, man. You take off the three-quarter roof and, uh, man, you're still seeing sky, you know? Absolutely. Same truck, you know, it's just a half time, yeah. um, but they're great. Um, they used the good parts, very similar parts. They're attainable, you know, the square body stuff. Well, all the blazer parts are interchangeable basically with the pickups, the suburban. So it stops everywhere. Are you a, a place that people can go to and resource parts for their pickups as well? Or is it, is it just a blazer? Well, it's, it all basically crosses over, but I try to specialize in blazer only. You know, there's a lot of people that are doing the trucks um, and the Suburbans and, and, you know, the blazers for that fact, but I just do blazer. Um, but yeah, could you buy a Fender from me and put it on your pickup? Absolutely. So it's all there. Well, I tell you what, the square body trucks, they're going crazy, man. Yeah. Totally nuts. So, I mean... I, I can't imagine that the, the K5 versions aren't going to be in that same space, right? People are going ballistic over the square bodies. Yeah. You just got me one, bro. Oh, <laughs> nice. Look at that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just showed him a, a picture on a video of uh, this little, you know, uh, this little square body that was down the road from me for a decade plus. It's a uh, Silverado 20. Uh, so it's got the big Dana 60s under it, you know, and all that fun stuff. I was like, dude, what are you doing with that? 
I scored that thing for some dirt. So they're still out there. The production numbers are high, and man, you can't beat scoring one now because you know they're going to skyrocket in price. Mark, you wouldn't believe the kind of vehicles that are out, you know, out west where Willie's at in, in Colorado. I just went on a massive road trip from New Mexico up to Colorado to, to Utah and back. I mean, we're in back roads, like far out of the way places. And you look at all these little farm, you know, farms and, you know, trailers in the middle of the desert and all these old, you know, F-100 trucks, F-150 trucks, square bodies. I mean, you name it, just Bananas. all these old farm trucks. And I'm like, man, I just need a car carrier I and just it. come through here with a water. I feel like that you know? all the time, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. We'd be kidding the candy store. I'll take it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are some of the, as Willie was saying, what are some of the great upgrades? So, you know, we're talking about powertrain, LSs, and automatic transmissions, air conditioning. Uh, you've got a long travel uh, suspension setup, which really brings the drivability. What are some of the other things that uh, people are doing to these rides? Um, you know, roll bars, um, you know, Bimini tops, uh, soft uh, tops. Yeah. you know, yeah. Full soft tops. Um, you know, uh, probably a ton of wheel and tire packages. I was going to say, man, you brakes. Know, hydro boost yeah. brakes. Yeah. You get the big tires on there. You want it to stop, you know, the hydro boost is the way to go. Um, now, what did those trucks come with as, as far as brakes go? Were they uh, like disc front drum rears or were they drum all the way around, depending on which model and year? And uh, were they power brakes all the way through or? Sure. When they came out in 69, they were four wheel drum. In 71, they went to a disc brake front end. Um, so from 71 on their disc front drum rear. And we, I have a lot of guys that put disc in the rear as well. It's an upgrade you know, kit. But um, it's pretty popular. It simplifies the system. You know, drum brakes aren't the most fun to work on, right? Yeah. Well, anybody that's got, uh, let's say, the discs from the factory, I mean, are those are they good enough once you start putting on big tires? You know, are there upgrades as far as, you know, rotor calipers for those vehicles? Sure. Um, the stock stuff actually works pretty good. The, the vacuum boosters only do about 500 PSI of braking force, though. So these oh, guys yeah. put the big tires on, even like a 33 or a 35, and you want your wife to drive it. Well, if you put a hydro boost system on it that run, that runs off the power steering pump, you can get that 500 PSI all the way to 2,000 PSI. So even with oh, a stock wow. caliper, when you can squeeze that rotor so much harder, it's going to stop better. So I tell a lot of people to you know go to a hydro boost system even before you do a rear disc brake. I think a lot of people think rear disc brake it's going to stop better. Eh, the front's doing what 80% of the braking. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're better off, you know, put more pressure down there. Hey, what were some of the big production years? What are the, you know, if people are out there looking for these things, just knowing what they're going to do in value. All right. And they're, they're basically headhunting. Okay. What are the years that you recommend people grabbing? Obviously, like you said earlier, the, the earlier years are going to bring more money, but let's talk about affordability, right? And production numbers, just volumes of models out there. Give us, you know, a year range that, you feel like is really going to go boom here uh, fairly fast. Well, 73 to 75, you know, they really ramped up production in actually 72. So the last year of the first gen, but from then on, they were building a lot of blazers. Um, so there's tons of them out there, you know, as far as uh, volumes is, concerned. Is like, is like an 80 better than a 77? Is Should people be looking at an 85 through 89? Or what, is there a, a window of opportunity where you feel like, 
you know, there's something for somebody and get, you know, like we were just talking, man, I wish I would go back and kick myself uh, in time, pick up some of these Broncos. I'm trying to just think what's the next Bronco or early year Blazer. Um, you think the 80 models, those mid-80s, are going to bring some money or stick with the 70s? Not, absolutely. I think the 80s will start doing well. Um, I think they already have. It, it's showing right now. Um, you know, the the earlier in the 70s, they still ran like a Dana 44 front end. And, you know, then they transitioned to a corporate eight and a half. Um, and that's not as sought after, but it's still a pretty good piece. So um, when I buy, I, I stick to the 70s and, and older, but there's no reason that uh, you can't do the same thing with with the newer trucks. They're all real good. They're so comparable. Like they ran that body style for so long. Like it's basically the same truck from seventy three to ninety one. You know, there's not much that really changed. Now, is there uh, anything for these trucks that you know typically goes wrong that you just can't get? You know, something to really you know watch out for. Is is just about everything kind of available? I know you've got pages, pages of exclusive you know, Motor City K5 parts. So, uh, man, you're really kind of answering uh, the question for a lot of people right there, but is there anything that you're, you know, you see still that you haven't quite developed, um, you know, isn't quite stamped under your name or somebody else's name that people are struggling with or? On the, er the early trucks, um, it's not going to be too much longer till you can build a truck from scratch. So, and I think that's, as far as my experience from the Bronco world, as soon as these, as soon as you could build one from scratch, that's when the big builders were, you know, starting to build these things and sell them for six figures plus. And I'll say the, the first gen blazers are really close to that. It's about all I'll say about it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, because I mean, that that is a turning point, you know, uh, when you can get a Dynacorn Mustang body or whatever. Because uh, we all know, man, uh, you can repair just about anything rusted if you got panels or you're talented and you can, you know, bend shape and whatever sheet metal, but the amount of hours that you can put in versus man, just send me the whole lot, you know, let me assemble it nice and square, maybe myself. And, uh, I know what I got and this thing is clean. It's going to last forever kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Or maybe send it to me and I can just bolt it onto my frame. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are, are there certain years or trim packages? Like should people be looking for the Cheyenne package or, you know, a base model, what, what in your mind is, is the best to have, or does the lineage and heritage, does that even matter? I don't think it really matters. It, it depends on what you're doing, I guess. But if you want an all original truck, obviously the, you know, the CST um, with the most options is the most valuable, but you could start with the barest bone base model truck and, and make it that and then some. And, and what do you feel about two-wheel drive versus four-wheel drive? My buddy just put a nasty LS in a two-wheel drive, slammed it, and, man, he's he barely got the project done, and people are want to buy it from him for, like, 60 Gs. I was like, what? It's crazy. Yeah, the two-wheel drive stuff's awesome. Obviously, the numbers are a lot lower. They're harder to find, more rare. But, again, you know, the chassis are out there too. So if you did, you know, buy a four wheel drive and wanted to make it two wheel drive, you, people are converting all that stuff. You know, you could start with a truck and you could do whatever you want to it. I think that's the beauty of, of that vehicle. Now a little trivia, man, cause, uh, there's a, you know, a Jimmy version, right? Now, is there any, 
you know, is there any rationale for, you know, picking one or the other? I mean, do they hold kind of similar values and whatnot? I mean, obviously you can change badging and, and little things like that when you really just go and, you know, hog wild on one of these. But is there any differentiation between the Blazer and the Jimmy? Just some cosmetics, you know, the grill and the fenders and hood, but, and, and like you said, the emblems and stuff, but they're basically the same truck. Um, so it's all what you want, you know, what, if you like that style better, go for it. I don't see it pulling more or less money. It's, it's, it's on par with the blazer. It's, it is the blazer basically. Now, now a little trivia on the Jimmy name. Do you guys know where that came from? Uh, Supposedly it was like how the name Jeep came from GP, you know, just the way people said it. And, uh, I assume it came from maybe GM, Jimmy, to try to like mimic, you know, the, the, whatever, the magic, the evolution of, of the Jeep name. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. I think that's interesting too. <laughs> yeah. I think it's lazy. <laughs> lazy, right. lazy as hell. Well, copy is the greatest form of flattery or yeah, whatever right. that is, I guess, you know, like. <laughs> uh, uh, right well, on. Hey, man, that. real quick before we go. Um, Tell these guys a little bit about your monster truck build, Ben. I know, you know, you got a business, you got a family, you got kids, all these things that are, uh, you know, getting the wind, slowing you down like the rest of us because we all have these projects. But, um, man, tell us, you know, your game plan with this thing because not everyone you know as a buddy, as a regular old guy, has a monster truck build. Yeah, right. I it's always been my dream since I was a, a little guy to have a monster truck. And then I had, well, me too, but I haven't gotten to build one yet. So you are the guy. Yeah. You know? I mean, I would spend every money, you know, every bit of money I made, I would buy something. So like every year, like one year I bought a brand new chassis, you know, monster truck chassis. It's a lot of money for me. And then the next year I would buy axles or I would just keep going and going, collecting, collecting. And then, you know, I had a family and I got married and I started a business. And so all that stuff, that's not the priority anymore, but everybody asks me that knows me because they know I've been buying stuff for this thing for like, I don't know how long it's been 15 years. Like, are you ever going to finish that truck? It's like, yeah. Do you still really have it? I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, I will not give up. I have the drive. I will do it. It will happen someday, but it's a rear engine, you know, 30 inches of wheel travel, uh, blown methanol, um, and it's a two-seat truck. Flash a picture. That's uh, that's uh, OWB winning a uh, a freestyle competition in a monster truck. I, I was driving. So yeah, man. I I don't think there's anything funner to get behind the wheel. Of course, you stand up, you know. But to get really to get in and drive and just be able to huck it and run it over everything that's in your way. God, stupid, ungodly, powerful. It's just the funnest thing you could do. Um, that's at least legal and available in this uh, this country. You can, you, got, you can go south of the border, probably Mexico, and find something uh, or two things that are a little bit funner, but not much. When you get when you get all those parts, man. When you get all those parts collected up, you just call us buddies, and we'll be over <laughs> there. You know, like overhauling style, just thrashing and getting that thing built up, so you can go have some fun and show off, and and maybe oh, take yeah. us for a couple rides. It's Friend. definitely going to happen. No doubt about it. It's happening. <laughs> oh, my God. Your kids are going to love it, love it, love it. How do people find you socially, bro? Um, MotorCityK5.com. I also have a Facebook and Instagram that's also MotorCityK5. So that's the easiest way. MotorCityK5. Find it. Use it. Check it out. Uh, get uh, get this guy on your 
your resource list because he is a wealth of knowledge with both the Bronco and the Chevy Blazer platform. I uh, can't wait to see this thing, man, just explode and everything else you do, bro. Don't forget about our show, you guys, every weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guests, my man Mark from Motor City K5. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, a producer of Scoop and executive producer Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget, check out our website, too, twoguysgarage.com. And, you know, we've got social. You know it. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast, copyrighted, 2021, Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Nice job, man. Kevin, you got to drive a monster truck before? No. That's why I've been friends with Mark for, like, 15 years, because I keep, like, (laughs) I want to be the guy that drove a monster truck. And I'm like... Dude, you're just stringing me out, you know? Like, hey, uh, Willie, nobody let me drive their monster <laughs> truck. I got to build my own. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is an absolute riot blast. I don't think there's anything funner, and I, I can't wait for the day you do uh, get behind a wheel of yours, bro. We'll be there cheering you on, all right? Hey, thanks. No doubt. All right, no oh, man. Doubt. Long time hey. coming. Oh, great to have you on the show, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And with that, guys, we will catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.